Well, you have not only gratitude, but total appreciation as well. (laughs) My dreams come true. So um, tell us a little bit about what you do when you're not at J-Air. Give us a huge plug for the company and what you actually do there. Oh, Okay, so when I'm not at J-Air, I am... uh, at my company, uh, which is in fact my much better half's company, but I, I got attached onto it. Well, if you've got a half, two halves make a whole. So they you certainly are now, do. You are now well and truly part of it. We are, we are, we not. are. So in many ways, we can relate to your previous guest because I and me and my partner, we sh- we work together. We run a business together. We're more like her trucking business than her Pilates business. <laughs> we. Our stress heads, we're, we're, we're busy. Uh, we do two things. We sell language services, uh, translations and interpreting, generally in the community organization sector. Which languages? Uh, pretty much any language that is useful in Australian society. So typically uh, there's our core languages are all the cohorts that have issues and that have arrived recently so there's a lot of uh, arabic languages um somali and mainly Dinka filling in mainly like filling in forms and making applications that sort of no thing. no no this is more uh, access to information so uh, community organizations such as i don't know i'll name a few so i'm not i'm not discriminating against anybody but um cancer council for example mm-hmm. they release information on breast cancer and they want that information to be disseminated as widely as ah. possible so that people can have access to it. So we translate it and that, that's Fabulous. how people get to it. So you would translate something like that into about 10 different languages? Yeah, 10, 20. It, it does happen. Um, of course, all these areas uh, need uh, money. They need grants and they depend on, on funding for that to happen. So on a good day, you get 30 languages for a project. On a bad day, you have to sort of group it and do a lot of French because lots of Africans speak French, a lot of Spanish because loads of countries speak Spanish. And and, and what were you doing? Oh, and but f- before we go on to what you were doing before that, you actually have another really interesting part of your business. Uh, yes, we also help people with Polish citizenship and uh, ancestry in general, I guess. So there... Uh, Poland has fairly flexible rules on what they consider or who they consider to be Polish. You only really need uh, an ancestor in the last hundred years or so to have been Polish and a number of other things to have gone your way or not gone against you right. to the point. And then you qualify as being Polish and it's an administrative process that takes quite a while. And we've become experts at navigating that. Excellent. And the huge advantage in that used to be that you were part of the um, European Union. Still is an advantage for the time being. (laughs) You may decide that the European Union is not an advantage, but Poland (laughs) is part of it. And the European Union exists, so it's still an advantage. Absolutely, it is today. And what is the actual name of your business? We are called Polaron. P-O-L-A-R-O-N. Polaron. And so it's polaron.com.au or just polaron.com? polaron.com.au. 
although I'm pretty sure Polaron.com will work in Polaron.eu, we buy all the domains we can find. Excellent. GoDaddy loves you. What? Uh, so what were you doing before you came in and joined your wife's business? Before I joined my wife's business, I was working in a faceless corporation in a, a small country called Luxembourg. Uh, and I was working in the world of translation, so it was a faceless translation company. So that's how you met your wife. She was in the same industry. Was Absolutely, that? it is. It is a tale, a love story of translation of the <laughs> translation world. I love that, and I'm going to ask you about it in just a minute. But the reason it's just a minute is that you actually sound like you're from the UK and not from Luxembourg. So that transition is also of interest. Okay, so uh, no transition for me, as I was born in Brussels. Really? So my parents were Brits, two Brits who clearly were not interested in staying in England for very long. Uh, so they met when they were at university, and they quickly gallivanting off to Newfoundland, uh, which is about as far as they could get and, uh, in, in one go, and they taught English or French, whatever it is that they were doing there. They, they've always worked with languages. And then they moved to France and they had one of my sisters. Then they moved to England, had another one of my sisters. Then they moved to France again, had another one of my sisters. Then they moved to Belgium, they had me. And then they gave up on producing children. <laughs> I was you their crowning achievement. That obviously, very obviously. Did you live in uh, Brussels for very long? Uh, as a child, the first two years of my life. That's it? That's it. And then when I was 19 or 20, I spent a year there. And you, you moved to Luxembourg with your parents? You were still I a family did, yeah. union? We were a family. Yeah, yeah, we we. I don't understand broken families too well, uh, except in my, my own life now, I guess. But I grew up with, you know, two parents, dinner at the table every day and, you know, normal family stuff. What, what a family should be. Mm. And your interest in languages? Both parents were translators. Uh, Luxembourg is a very multilingual country. So Luxembourg is a country that has an indigenous population. Uh, well, that had let's start maybe f 40 years ago or so was a country that made some money out of iron ore and whatever and converted into banking mm -hmm. they did very well for themselves and they were stuck with a population of mostly not very educated people um, small population and they bought loads of immigrants in and they became part of the EU as well at the same time so and they had very favourable banking laws. Absolutely. The, the banking is, is how, how it all worked out nicely for them. The conversion from ore to, to banking, because there's no, no ore there at all. They some, somehow were very clever. But they, they actually held a lot of gold ore. For, gold, was, gold in Luxembourg was synonymous for refineries for a while, I thought. No? That may be. I don't know yep. too much yep. about that. Uh, I only know that the banking scene is, is fantastic in Luxembourg or was um, what, uh, what, so what other languages do you actually speak yourself I don't speak too many languages myself uh, I speak French fluently of course who doesn't me uh, ah, well, there you go uh, <laughs> nice to meet you but I do uh, speak Russian oh well yes well done uh, that's fantastic I don't speak Russian <laughs> I can I can cope with German uh, if I need to um, although 
the last time I was in Germany, I walked into a shop. I was looking for a cash machine, uh, and I said in my very best German, "Where is a cash machine?" And the guy replied in English. <laughs> um, and I asked him. I was infuriated. I said, "Did I say it wrong?" He said, "No." But you sound English, so I replied in English. <laughs> and you do still sound English. So where was it that you actually met your wife? Um, so, ah, we're back to the world of love stories in translation. Yes. It was a Friday. Not not very unlike this one, except perhaps a bit later. And cooler? And the fax machine went off. Do you remember faxes? Yes. Were you in Australia already? No, 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 no. I was in Luxembourg. And she was in Luxembourg. She was in Australia. She was in Australia. Oh, yes. We were in yes, Luxembourg. Yes. We'll, it will all become apparent very shortly. I, the fax goes off. I have a translation to a sign. It's urgent. It's 5.30 on a Friday. I want to go home. It's, uh, my week should be finished. I ask a colleague, who the hell am I going to give this to? They go, oh, try. Ava Hussain. She's in Australia with a time difference. It'll be lovely. I phone her. I assumed that my colleague was right about the time difference. It was about two in the morning uh, <laughs> when I phone her. She pretended I hadn't woken her up <laughs> and took on the assignment, which was nuts. Uh, it was the most challenging thing I've ever set to anybody. And she just took it on in her sleep and then almost died delivering it. But she did it. And our relationship kind of grew from there. So you flirted by phone. We flirted by phone. My my British voice, my uh, my it most is. charming feature. Yes, it in well, I don't know if it's a, the most charming feature, but it's certainly an advantage. Well, it beats my flabby white legs. <laughs> <laughs> Does she have an Australian accent? She has well, she has an Australian tinge to her accent. Yes, yes. She Where's she originally from? Poland. Ah, hence the connections in the government there for what you do. Uh, yes. But, um, so she, how long did you chat on the phone before you actually met each other live and in person? Oh, I would say about three months or so. And who went where? Oh, she flew over. I don't like flying, so she had to come over. And then and, and when we she met in Paris. Ah, capital city of romance. And you have photos under the Eiffel Tower. Not under the Eiffel Tower, but we've got photos. Eiffel Tower in the background. And that first meeting, you knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was we were quick, quickly apparent. The the joy of internet romances, or I guess it's equally the danger of internet romances. Is, but if you're sincere, if it happens spontaneously and honestly. You know the person so well by the time you've met them that yes. you're, you're, you're just really, I mean, you're just confirming some sort of bias that you already have. Yes. Although I had a, a personal experience with somebody in America over the phone for like we'd have two, three, four hour conversations every single day forever and ever. And it was just amazing. And then when we finally met, uh, we were, our first meeting was supposed to be in the Bahamas and um, he'd arranged all of this and we were going to fly in and, and meet at an airport and then fly to the Bahamas together. And then there was something that just went wrong when we first met and we could not make up that first thing so 
Sometimes it's by Sheraton, sometimes it's not. But we spent four days in the Bahamas together and had a lovely time instead of an amazing, fantastic time with a with a forever love story. Oh, that's a bit sad, I guess, in a way. Well, I thought at the time it was. And the truth is that once, as you were saying, you get to really know somebody, and he was a really nice guy, but not we hadn't exchanged photos or anything like that at mm. all. And so there was this moment where I sort of looked at him and he must have seen some kind of disappointment or something in my eyes and immediately became sensitive to it and anyway ah the the you, you he was not what you ordered he was not what i ordered but could have been if he remained open because <laughs> i'm not that shallow that i would just go by somebody's physical appearance mm-hmm. um but he obviously had some stuff. He may stuff. have had an issue with it in the and first place. Right. And that's, and that's part of what this program is all about, is sort of exploring people's issues and the fact that sometimes you don't even realise that you had them. So you, were, uh, so you were saying that you're generally quite a negative person. I spend a lot of my life being stressed, whinging, complaining, having high blood pressure, high heart rate. Do you enjoy that? Pacing around the place. Do I enjoy that? Do I know how to be otherwise is probably a more relevant question. I, I don't. Well, I, I just endure life. I go through it. And that's and, the point of and, this show. And there you go. But the worst thing is, I don't mind. I don't think because what I'm doing is wrong. It's, it's, it's not fun. wrong. It's not I'm, wrong. I'm happy with it. It's not wrong in the slightest. And you could live the next 20, 30, 50 years doing exactly the same thing. And that's why the first question I asked you was, does it make you happy to be this way? Is it comfortable for you? And um, and is it the way you see yourself looking at life in another five, ten years? Oh, I don't know. I'm not good at projecting into the future. Okay. So, so right there's one thing we have in common with your previous guest. <laughs> the, the now. But for me, the past and the now are, are glued together. And the future is a world of fear and unknown. Okay. So... With the way that you handle the stress, and I understand, Mm -hmm. stress is actually self-inflicted and it's not, it becomes a very real thing because you allow it to, not because it really is. So um, it's part of yours that you have deadlines with things that have to be done by a certain time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yes. Deadlines, uh, workload is one thing, but that doesn't concern me too much. I'll be honest with you, when... I had a job that was cushy, good wage, no stress, no, no workload. Um, I could refuse you for to, the government. I could, yes, I could <laughs> not turn up to work. Yes, choose to take a plane, go to the Bahamas instead, break my leg, and they would still fly me back. Wow, um, that sort of thing. Not that I did it, but I had a really cushy job. I gave it up because it was so boring. It was dull. It was just not. Not what I need. Right. I need to move. I need to do things. I need to feel challenged. Which is great because it shows that you really are excited about life and love it. To a certain degree. I, I don't dislike life, but I am invariably quite stroppy, quite nervously energetic. Um, what are the things you really love that in, when you're in the midst of doing it, you're like, not even here but truly in the now like this is amazing i'm loving this 
Oh, I have weird moments of beauty that tend to be uh, glimpses rather than sustained activity. So what are I'll the be glimpses. Share I'll be, it, share you it. know, I'll go for a walk with the missus and we'll sit down on a patch of grass and stare at the sky. And that may last two or three minutes, but that's blissful. And you know what? That's true happiness. Those moments are what true happiness is. Well, then I occasionally have contact with that. But most of the time, <laughs> I just have problems. Most of my stress are, are related to people. And and I don't like the way people interact a lot of the time. I don't like a lot of... <laughs> when you employ people... You're in a different relationship than any other. Hmm. And it has always traditionally been fairly biased in favor of the employer uh, and not so much towards the employee. And I find that balance justly to a certain degree. The workers need rights has been raised, but I think it's been raised too high. So I now, I have employees, if I tell them, please do that, and they don't, they make a mistake. It costs me $20,000. I can't even penalize them. Well, you know, and it's, it's my money on the line. It's my work. Okay. It's my livelihood. So I struggle greatly balancing the expectations that are on my shoulders and the expectations I can put on other people's shoulders. Okay. So what I'd like to say about that is that first, if I may, um, first and foremost, the fact that, that what you described, the, your moments of happiness, uh, are so real and genuine what life is really about and what happiness is really about that if you can keep those in your mind more often um, just generally as you go through the day that appreciation of those moments that you've had in the past that's no problem with connecting with the past in terms of employees um, that really is a matter of what we what I mentioned in the first show where I was saying if you can create relationship with everyone that you meet that comes from love including employees which doesn't mean Jewish mother love where you love them and you give them everything they want but what it means is that you have um, compassion for who and what they are and all the things you may Mm. not even know about them then that creates a more collaborative environment. I hear what you're saying the reason we feel so short-changed is that we believe we're putting in our side of the equation. Clearly not well enough. There's something not happening. But it drives me insane. Do they understand what, how the business works and what your deadlines and things that they... Yeah. Are they part of the process or are they, oh God, I've got a job and I'm getting a paycheck and that's it? Look, we try not to hire people who are just interested in a paycheck. Go and work at the post offices. Exactly. Loads of work there. Yeah. Uh, and it's fantastic. Yeah. And you don't... Well, and the issue... No, no, I understand absolutely what you're saying because I've been both an employee and an employer. The, I guess the greatest difference when I was an employee, and I also worked for the government at one stage, uh, and it was a very different experience because there is uh, either too much accountability or none at all, and so it really is a little slack. But the kind of person that makes the best type of employee is somebody that actually 
creates relationship with the management, whether it's government or mm. anything else, it doesn't matter. But you genuinely like each other and get on with each other. And they're the little things, you know, that, that connect people. You don't have to know somebody's life history, which is what I'm looking to schlep out of you in these things so that other people have and, and ju- just see that other people are very real and they're... Um, uh, and how similar and different people are. But there are people who don't realise that they're not going to be satisfied in life if they're not satisfied with their job and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so the need to accept yourself and know yourself a little better and go for happiness is so important because if you're in a job that you're not doing well then you're not happy your boss isn't happy nobody's happy so the question becomes how do you get there how do you get Mm. to a point where you really can enjoy it as a business owner first of all i should say Lots of my employees are lovely and perfect. Yeah. That's not, uh, I'm not making well, a sweeping are, generalization so yes. that they're all terrible. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm making a very direct comment that because of your nature and the way that you are, I see that you would absolutely attract that. Haven't met your wife yet, but. <laughs> oh, she is m- very attractive to me. <laughs> Dominic, so um, let's go to the place where you decided to come to Australia to live? Was it much of a discussion if you had to go stay in Luxembourg or come back to Australia or was that a difficult or challenging process? Uh, difficult, challenging. No, it felt very reasonable at the time. Uh, not everybody agreed. But uh, for Ava and me, it was a very clear decision. Uh, Ava has family, children, and one child was going to school at the time and things like that. Ah. So there was no uprooting to be done uh, on that side. And you had no qualms about it on I your side? I didn't particularly have any qualms. I, didn't, I don't have any children left behind or anything. I had family, uh, yep. sisters, a uh, father still there. He was Well, he was still there. He's passed since. And uh, friends, music, work, all sorts of things I've left behind. But so that uh, so that transition for you was the opposite to traumatic because you were coming to very positive things. Absolutely, uh, it's quite interesting because I spoke to I had a band, for example, and we played for ten years. We weren't particularly the best band ever, but we met every weekend without fail for 10 years wow. and we play sometimes we wouldn't touch an instrument during our rehearsals and just drink and be merry or joke around whatever it was but we were quite religious about seeing each other every weekend wow. and how many of you uh just three of us uh and uh, now when i go back uh, we started that two years ago when i go back we actually play again together we we rehearse how fabulous we practice we meet again and we we don't we don't we don't do much but it's 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 a nice thing but it transpired while we were doing these these sessions uh, this revival thing that uh, they, they both told me separately that they grieved uh, wow. when i left like they, they were sad that i left a, a gap in in their life and i didn't feel that gap so much because i was moving away to something big and beautiful yes and you obviously adapted really well but um it's it's hearing that sort of thing from somebody who is not family um really instills in you your true value and worth 
Yes, I guess. The world is an intersubjective thing. When uh, my, my value and worth in the eyes of my friends, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the thing, you see. So many people aren't even aware of the fact that they don't hold themselves in high enough esteem. Mm-hmm. And so they don't put themselves first because they don't feel they deserve to be put first. Absolutely. Look, I was talking to my doctor the other day and she said, you need, you need to put yourself first. I said, can I, can I just put my wife first and then, and then me immediately afterwards? Is that okay? And we kind of agree that is. Co, yes. Co-second. <laughs> well, the important thing about that is that when you are coming from a place of love for yourself, it's a whole lot more, it's a whole lot easier to be compassionate and to love others as well. And I'm not, um, you know, if you've listened to uh, Shabbat Shalom for the last year or so, uh, you would not have even come close to guessing that I'm a super touchy-feely, lefty type person at all. But the truth is, in terms of compassion and in terms of relationships and and things like that, I do really believe that um, anything and everything is possible if people love themselves because if you really believe that you're a good person there's no way you could knife somebody there's no way you can kill somebody there's no way you can go even go to war um, in terms of unless it's you know something that is really something that you have a clear moral compass about Mm. and um, all the violence and everything that's coming out of so many people now is is just a lack of of real connection to themselves connection i think probably better than love if okay. i had to if i had to agree with you which i kind of do uh, the, the the love thing the the, the positive okay, wishy-washy for me a connection bit. is a different but is, connection is, a, a rapport yeah. with with yourself and 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 who you should be and and how you should behave mm. i i find it interesting that the greatest people the the, the saints and whatever's are completely selfless which seems to imply no concern for themselves true so true. that's that doesn't quite tally with love of yourself and love of yourself can also drift into hubris and things like that so i, I quite like the the connectivity okay, with i'm self, happy to a, use connection with self and yeah and um and the same feeling i have with positivity i don't know if positivity is the cure for everything so much as clear thinking clear thinking is definitely important and asking the right questions in any situation is important so what I see so often is that something will happen that people don't like and they'll say why and they'll ask the question why did that happen and why what went wrong and they, they'll ask all these questions that you'll never get the answer to because five people seeing the same situation will give you five different stories and the, what's a more important question is gosh this is awful but how do i fix it how do i fix it takes you to better places than how did it happen and that's what i mean by asking the right questions and being more positive is not even shirley temple pollyanna you know the sun is shining although waking up that way every morning does help a lot Um, but it's asking the questions that are going to move you forward to a better place yeah, look, life isn't about swinging off chandeliers all the time. Uh, Although that's fun too. Agreed. <laughs> I, fi- I find other people's problems much, much easier to deal with than my own. So I am an immediate loser of any form of objectivity, calm, 
whatever if i have to assess my own situation if i have to assess even my missus who's really anything that affects her affects me greatly but somehow it's easier for me to to, to work within to that work with but you know that women when they are going through problems don't necessarily want a solution they want the support and they want to know that you're mm. there and you can comfort them more than come up with a solution Ah yes. Well, no, I'm a solutioner, but I'm a I'm <laughs> a talker. In in our couple, we talk a lot. Yeah, well, I talk a lot anyway. Which is uh, no, that's important for a relationship we're very, generally. Oh yes, we're big communicators, and I don't understand a lot. Of, I, I'm I'm rambling now. I, I don't understand, for example, how modern couples relate. I know quite a few couples. They're, they're married or they're about to be married. Like, I know one, the woman pays rent to her husband, to wow. husband-to-be. I, don't, I, I can't fathom that. In a month of Sunday. Yes. Most of the people I know have separate bank accounts. I don't get that either. Mm. I really don't. My missus and I, we have a separate bank account each, in which we put the same amount of pocket money each, and that's what we can spend without having to yes. argue, discuss, or whatever. That's that's easy. It's mm. out of budget money, and it's good. All the rest, we pool our resources. We're a couple. It's of course, a normal of thing course. to do. I think part of that, to do what you're describing also, is that kids who have grown up with um, with families and situations that ended in divorce and were not, and were difficult childhood situations, and so they figure, okay, this is, I saw a lot of problems when it came to money mm. and everything else, so this is the way I'm going to solve it. The interesting thing is because... I date a lot and I've dated a lot, a lot, lot in the past as well, is that uh, people come from places that you really need to talk and find out what it's all about. Like for me, I'm very much, I'm very old fashioned. I like chivalry. I like Mm. a man to pay for me. And but it's that's what I want in a long term relationship. However, if a guy is really, really stingy, and it happens to be the guys that tend to be more that way than women, and he doesn't want to spend any money on a girl and he doesn't want to spend money taken out, I've and I like him, I'll have the conversation. I'll say, look, um, I don't care if we go to McDonald's. I don't care if we go somewhere that's got a really cheap breakfast or dinner. It's not where, we ta- where you take me. It's the fact that you take care of me when mm. we go there. And that's just a personal um, way that I like to be treated. If I don't like the guy, um, he's very nice, but he's not for me. I will. I won't even mention it to him, but I will. But I won't go out with him again because I know that he's not going to pay for me. But I don't like him enough to even mention it. So a lot of guys get go away with different messages. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a girlfriend who is very strict about everything being half-half because she was married young and from her situation, the financial uh, stuff she went through. Now, going forward, she's very uh, self-confident and and financially great and all the rest of it, but it doesn't matter who she's dating, she will insist that they have a joint account together to pay for dinners and everything else and they both put in the same but it's so it's it comes a lot from experience but i'm very much with you it's the attitude you bring into a relationship i guess and you're planning to fail 
uh, if you're not sharing everything half and half. At the same time, you're planning to fail if you're sharing everything literally half and half. It's, and a, it's a strange place to be. It is a strange place to be, especially if you consider that in a divorce, there are many men that have lost everything. Mm-hmm. And so they're very wary of, of sharing. But even in that situation, if you're really in love and if you're really doing it from a place, coming together with another person, not just for sex, not just for convenience, not just what you want is that feeling of real love and commitment. And that mm-hmm. feeling of love and commitment include sharing i would i would never sign a prenup yeah never why yeah whether i'm the rich party or the poor party doesn't too proud either way Uh, it's not going to happen and the truth is that i really believe that people do what they need to do there isn't i don't have a judgment about it at all when it comes to other people oh sorry when it comes to other people i absolutely have a judgment but they don't need to listen to me or follow what i think is the right thing to do but when it comes to me i know what i need and i know what my way of um, what i'm going to be comfortable with and i've never been married I've had a couple of, I have lived with a few people, not that many. At um, the same time, no. <laughs> that would have been good. Um, and I've had, but I've had a lot of relationships. And it's, there's something, the, one of the reasons I haven't been married is because there is a passion and a love and a knowing that comes when you meet the right person, which I've done in different situations, but it hasn't been the right situation. So, it's it's wanting to give yourself completely and it's not 50-50 but it's 100-100 and what I didn't get until now until the last year or two or actually five is that you that you need to work things out you need to keep talking and Mm. you need to look arranged marriages some work really well yes it's the attitude you bring in if you're going to work at making it work if you understand that it's not swinging off chandeliers all the time yeah then you stand a good chance whether it happened whether there's no chemistry it doesn't really matter it's an attitude absolutely 90 percent of it so does is your wife in that same mindset where she will see those moments when you're at the park or just doing things together in the moment as being her examples of joy and happiness as well? I, th- I think so. I think so. I-, I know she's happy because she occasionally spontaneously tells me. I love that. Um, and uh, that's always very pleasing to hear. I, I don't walk around and go, ah, I'm happy today. Oh, you know, you make me so happy. No, no. It doesn't just occur a to feeling, me. And you, you care about each other's feelings. And if you're caring about each other's feelings, then everybody's satisfied. I what would so. What would make your wife really happy, do you think? I think we, uh, we could play her favorite song. I'd love to do that. Okay, well let's let's see let's see how that goes. Of course, she's at work and she's most likely not listening. But we podcast. But we podcast, <laughs> and she will listen to that most definitely. Make brownie points; they make me happy. <laughs> see, much better feeling happy than the other way. And the truth is, when I find that I'm not when when I'm, I try to be aware. I try to be appreciative. When I find I'm not, I my I just ask the question to myself in my mind what do I need to do to make me feel better what do I need and if you ask the right questions the answers will come certainly much better than um, 
than going into depression or anything else. I very, very rarely, if ever, do that. Well, you know, depression is not good. Happiness is better. Yes and no. You know, in in every deep state of mind, there is a perception of reality that is not available to you otherwise. Yes. So, the you know, great artists are often on some side of the spectrum, um, yes. or both. And but just in also the context of day to day life and day to day living, stuff comes up that makes you feel a certain way. And there was a book that came out about the secret a number of years oh, ago. Rhonda, what's Rhonda Byrne, yeah. and everybody thought, okay, if I concentrate on what I want, it's not about what you're thinking; it's about what you're feeling. And the better you feel, the better your life gets. So if you've got a cat or a dog and you enjoy just being with them and playing with them it doesn't matter what else is happening in your life if you allow yourself to experience that joy of being with something that makes you happy it'll change everything in your life okay so we should always walk around near other people's infants <laughs> yes that works for me you can pull faces at them for two seconds and then walk off before they become noisy digestive systems <laughs> but yes but a baby's laughter my god it's one of the best things it is cute it is cute I, ha- I actually still have videos of friends from years and years ago of babies laughing Oh yeah, yeah. Don't oh. even need YouTube. I just kept my own friends. You got your own, <laughs> your own stock. Yes, that's fantastic. Um, really, really appreciate you not only doing panel and everything for me, but actually participating in the show and opening yourself up a little bit and everything also and um, we've got two more weeks of this Uh, Morris is actually back in the third week where it'll be once again the wonderful Shabbat Shalom and I'll be Mm -hmm. back to politics and all of that kind of stuff. Oh won't that be nice? It will be at the time but really looking forward to a little more of this a little bit more laid back a little bit more um, Let's see if we can enjoy life more every day. Look, we didn't do too badly, apart from maybe the the little rickety start with the with the phone system here that went a bit a bit haywire. Yes, you don't want to know how we got Victoria on the but phone. We we did well. We are look, we improvise. Yes. I'm a musician. I feel in my element improvising. I like it. Can we play one of your songs next week? Your choice. You probably can. It won't be too cheerful. Uh, my <laughs> music is very, very dark. Well, let's hear some of it and let's make up for that with uh, other guests that we can also just explore the lives of ordinary people that are actually extraordinary. Yeah, why not? Ordinary orchestra ordinary extraordinary people i like that yes you 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 don't you know you just the fact that you've raised a family and have grandchildren and and have survived that in itself is extraordinary um and also if you've had work or a career or anything else through that it's also extraordinary and just appreciating what we have every day and the way that we have it we have nothing 
<laughs> but it's appreciating of what of appreciation of the things like in the moment because that's what happiness is it's in the moment it's not chasing something that's going to make you happy because even when you get it i remember when i got my first car i was ecstatic but it was that moment in the moment it wasn't actually the car but it's mm. the feeling that you need to chase. That does make sense to a certain degree. We cannot disagree with you. <laughs> it actually was the car, but <laughs> but the was analogy it a nice is <laughs> it was it was a lovely car. My grandfather and my parents put together for it, so it was a gift. Oh wow! Twelve months later, I won a brand new Renault Fuego. Oh, Fuego! <laughs> that means fire in Spanish. Uh, yes, so. I'm, if you're entering competitions and you think nobody ever wins, I'm one of the people that actually won. So Fuego. I feel pretty lucky. Bright red was the colour I chose. I used to live in uh, Heatherton, in um, yeah, somewhere, and there was a Renault Fuego just down the road I kept seeing it and it's the only Renault Fuego I've seen in Australia Or and they don't make them anymore anyway but no but they're still making Renaults which was which was nice to see once I came back and um it was, uh, and so, you know, let your life be good. Think, focus on things you like, things that are positive. Best way to get to sleep at night as well is when you think about things you want. Okay. And things about we things have to you go. like. We have let's to go. Let's go and let's come back next.